Good night. I can't say afternoon or morning because I record this shit late, but um, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Another episode. And now I have to make another announcement because I know in the previous podcast, I had announced that there was going to be a curfew for um, all wineries, breweries, restaurants that operate outdoors and serve food. Um, just to recap that, uh, it's Friday tomorrow and they start at 10 p.m. to, I believe, 6 a.m. That's the, the night curfew. But now, today, um, our awesome fucking governor Newsom, which I have a lot of bone to pick with, he uh, basically um, initiated a limited stay-at-home order, which, let me finish, prohibits all non-essential work, movement, and gatherings between 10 p.m. and 5 o'clock in the morning for counties who are still in the purple tier. So we're in the purple tier. Beeks, you're late. Shut the fuck up, man. And I love you. Okay. Um, and they said that LA County will return to safer at home order in the count if the county experiences a five-day average of 4,500 new cases a day, or if hospitalizations ex- exceed 2,000, which is very possible, very possible. But um you know, the, the numbers are pretty crazy. And I know it's because, you know, flu and cold season is here too. Now sprinkle some coronavirus on top and it's going to be a fucking mess, man. Um, at this point, here's the thing. Um, don't, don't underestimate the, the spreading of this fucking virus. And um, don't be questioning wearing a mask. Uh, you know, slow the spread. You, here's the thing. The keyword is slow the spread. You're not going to eliminate it entirely. I know all you fucking Kevins and Karens are fucking bitching and whining and spitting on people at fucking Trader Joe's because you're stupid. Uh, and you think that's going to activate the 5G in the fucking atmosphere. And then you're going to grow a second dick or some shit. Um, but slow the spread. That's the goal. Because um, the last thing we need is a national fucking lockdown which is in talks right now with this new administration that's coming in with Biden and Harris. Um, but just, just a quick announcement, a uh, quick reminder. Um, just the key thing too, is to keep your distance and wash your hands. Even if you don't have um, a fucking mask, uh, uh, do something to cover your mouth, you know, do something. Um, the, the last thing you need is for you to fucking, um, you know, infect somebody else, you know? Uh, so the, that's, that's one thing you don't want. And that's something that I mentioned in the previous podcast, which is pretty fucked up, um, which I'll recap real quick. Uh, a friend, my best friend's friend uh, were, was out with her parents and her dad uh, was going through chemotherapy and whatnot. And this crazy fucking bitch started spitting and coughing all over the places. And he was one of the ones that got hit with the droplets. Rest in peace. It's fucked up, but. Anyway, that's the announcement, but the real deal here, the podcast tonight is about some crazy stories and some good shit that I'm going to be talking about with this gentleman here that I've known since he was 18. What did Iron Mike say? He did the right thing. Just saying, I don't want no one to get sick. Fuck no, man. You don't want to get sick, man. 
You don't. It sucks. I already talked about it in the last podcast. And let me just say this. Whatever your favorite food is, kiss it goodbye for two weeks because you're not going to taste it if you're lucky. Just saying. So, um, but without further ado, I would like to introduce my longtime friend and co- former colleague of a long time, Mr. DJ Rocker, otherwise known as Marcus Romero, aka Mowgli, aka Nalgon. Uh, we have so many nicknames for each other, dude. It's freaking oh, ridiculous. Good to go on for days, man. Thank you for having <laughs> me, man. I I, oh. I appreciate you. I've been bothering you for how long already? Like not that can, long. I, I'm I'm like surprised you even wanted to <laughs> to get on. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know what you needed for this introduction? You needed like some little horns and some little like kids that go, yeah. That's scary, dude. You know what that reminds me of? I don't know if you watch <laughs> pro wrestling. Um, yes, exactly. but there's this one, uh, guy, well, his name's Bray Wyatt, but he goes yeah, by the fiend. Of course that shit hit home. And ever since I started, I mean, I haven't caught up with WWE ever since pandemic had dude, cause it just changed. Um, that fucking character right there just really did it for me. And, and then now he's got, uh, Alexa, uh, Alexa bliss as I forgot what her role is, but she's fucking creepy too. And it, it's pretty cool, man. But nonetheless, yeah. I haven't caught up. But I got hey, back into wrestling because of my son uh, the last few months. Oh, wow. Been, really? Yeah. Like completely like uh, I'm, I'm, crazy. I would say I'm like about a week late, but I'm pretty much caught up with all the wrestling right now. It's pretty wow. funny. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's fucking cool, dude. Like, yeah. So, I um I don't know where to start with you because I've known you for so damn long. I've known you since you turned 18. It's been a while. And man. and here here's the thing is I want to reminisce about a time where lions fucking roared in the jungle of Montebello, bro. Oh man. And and, and you know, before just to give everyone a background as to how we know each other, and I know your fan base now being DJ DJ Rocka, I know I, I know it's it's small and strong, but um a lot of people have been bugging me about like, hey, when are you gonna talk about the old Montebello Town Center fucking you know days? And I'm like, Well, I first and foremost I need to get someone that was there throughout those times and the people that I want to bring in aren't necessarily available and then perfect timing you come in and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> now we talk, but, well, let me just give people some context as to how I know you. Mm-hmm. So, and then feel free to chime in and add in and sprinkle some of your, uh, your, uh, your story. I, I, I have been, I was working already at what used to be called the Montebello town center since 2001. And I worked at uh, Walden Books. I don't know if you remember that store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into, I think, uh, Borders. And uh, then it eventually got taken down. Then I worked at Radio Shack. And I never told you that story, Marcus, because that yeah. ended into it, that ended very, very messy. And we had to hire a lawyer because Ooh. we were detained in Montebello City <clears throat> Jail um, because they were trying to pin a two hundred thousand dollar inventory loss on three fucking chamacos that didn't know didn't know any better Let me guess, they were one of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to coerce us to write a statement saying that we did it. Oh, wow. I never, you got to tell me that story. Uh, it was stupid. Um, we knew exactly who was the culprit. It was the manager, but the manager quit. So there was no one else to investigate. He basically evoked his fifth amendment, amendment right. Uh, we, I wrote statements saying, Hey, I took a pack of batteries and a, uh, fucking whatever. It amounted to like 70 bucks, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'll bring it back. Cause I was going to pay for it anyway. Cause you, you know, back in the retail days, you know, you take something, uh, you take something, you know, you're going to pay for it. And then, mm-hmm. uh, but now things are different, but so that ended into a mess. And then I took a year, I took two years off from working at a mall and then uh, while working for singular wireless authorized dealers, I came across a singular wireless corporate job. I applied for it, went to the training in Tustin. Uh, actually, no, I went to the uh, orientation in Tustin at that call center. And then uh, the trick, I don't know if this happened to you, Marcus. I'm pretty sure it did, but they didn't send me to training until after I started working like three months after. Yeah, I, I ended up training when I got hired. Well, <clears throat> where do I start? Well, before, before we go that that far yeah. ahead, that's um. Be, uh, let me backtrack a little bit because you you actually we share this commonality with this fucking company. Um, and when I applied, uh, I was working for this company. I'm sure you know them, called the Mobile Solution. That's where I came from. <laughs> yes. And I worked in Downey at the Stonewood Mall okay. and at Lakewood Mall. Uh, and for those, I mean, a lot of you listen to this podcast, but those watching here, the mobile solution, I was there at the mobile solution at the end of it when shit was just hitting the fan left and right. I heard everything about what was going on with other stores. Yeah, um, man. It was wild. It was wild. Yeah, it was it was crazy. What's up, buddies? We're talking about some some sales uh transas that took place back in the day, so stay tuned. <laughs> oh my god. Wow, Gabe, really? You leave me, you leave my Montebello location, you don't feed me my my delicious beer. You leave me. I, I don't forgive you for it, Gabriel. I don't. Okay, so we came from that environment, and for those who don't know that style of sales kiosk sales i'm sure I, I mean people who are around our age bracket no not not the new generation we were basically seducing you to come to us and give you give us your money they, it was it was it was weird knowing waking up in the morning and saying like damn how many people can i cuss in here fuck yeah <laughs> I, I was like how many people can i fuck today like, yeah, man. You know what's sad? Room, dude. Yeah, it, it was sad because it was like I would always aim at the weakest bisa, you know, at the weakest yeah. dude, and like or like the the dumb girls that wanted like just the newest phone, and it was yeah. crazy, man. It was and it was such a high, fast paced environment yeah. that it was like, Miss Miss, let me talk to you. Let me, oh, you know what kind of phone do you have? Oh, Miss, yeah. Talk to you. Oh, miss, you dropped your, you know, your old pad. We'll throw a pamphlet in the floor. Oh my God. Wow. What was, okay. Let me ask you this question. Cause you know this, what was your favorite either line or technique to just basically just, I got you, bitch. 
for for me, it was a handshake. Like, oh, how are you? Like, I was I would stick my hand out. Once they sh- they would shake my hand, I would hold it just <laughs> firmly enough, firmly enough to pull up. Like, oh, how are you? Like, and I and then I, oh, what's your name? Like, oh, you know, oh, nice meeting you. What kind of phone do you have? You know, like that was like my favorite way because it wasn't so much of a creep. It was more like a like a like introducing myself. But it was weird because wow. some of them were some of the other reps will drop things like they'll drop their pen and they'll be like, Oh, miss can you give me my pen. And like, yeah. they will pick it up. And, and once they pick it up, they'll be like, Oh, let me talk to you. And let me do this. <laughs> and let me do that. <laughs> Boris, I love it. For- <laughs> the smart girl rule of thumb. Always avoid the kiosk dudes. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> Fuck that. Okay. So uh, Georgine chimed in. Um, that was my main target was the pretty, the pretty girls. Okay. And it would always work because, um, and I'm, you've seen it in action, man. Uh, cause yeah. we, we'll, we'll get to that part. Uh, but at the mobile solution, um, I would see they would purposely not make eye contact and they'd have their phone like this. So they wouldn't make eye contact. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, you know, you have an, you have an illegal antenna on your phone back when the phones had antenna. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm like, you have an illegal antenna on your phone. Watch, come here. Let me see it. And I put it on I'm like, oh yeah. And I bring out a ruler. I fake like I had like a, like a fake exacto knife and I tested it. I'm like, oh yeah, it's illegal. I'll go, you know, this stuff is cancerous, right? And she was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, I go, let me help you out. I go, this one is cancer free. And I go like that. And I would, I swear, dude, I, I would pull out all the stops. And then the other technique I would use is um, I would pretend I was on the phone, right? And I would time it. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Who? The first person I see gets a free phone? Oh, shit. All right, hold on. Hey, I'll go like that. <laughs> Damn. Would work, dude, it would work. It oh, I would don't know. work, man. I don't understand. I don't know if it was the, the times that we were living in, but people would fall for this shit. Like, I know I wouldn't fall for it now. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand how that worked. <laughs> Look what Boris said. He's a cell phone guy's worst nightmare was to bump into another sales guy. <laughs> Can't get me, motherfucker. I know what you're doing. Hey, uh, what you, you know got. what? At that time, tell me at that time, whenever you would go to another store and they would try to sell, you'd be like, man, I sell cell phones. I know it's up. You would let them know. And, they, and I'm like, hey, man, I, I know. I know the hustle, man. And, and yeah, it was it was kind of like a. A little sorority too, because we we see each other at the same bars. Um, you know, someone who had a bad day. I mean, I have, I had plenty of fucking bad sales. They everyone did. Yeah. Uh, so you needed to hang out with them afterwards and and then just do something. But then the environment changed for you and I. Yeah. Um, well, I I came first. I went to two kiosks. First, it was the Pico Rivera Gigante kiosk inside the goddamn supermarket, bro. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember that, but that was short lived, but it was cool. Quotas are low and we got, we got to eat every day, free rockstar energy drinks because they didn't charge us because we were hooking up the whole store with phones. So fast forward, I get transferred to the Montebello mall and I was already lingering there and I already met you and the homegirl Sitara. And, oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still talk to her. She's I cool, man. But she, I remember she was she was a banger too, man. And that was the key word back then: is you were a banger. Yeah, um, not like now, hot for people. Yeah, who, yeah. I now a banger is either the track's hot or 
the person or the girl yeah. is hot. But back then when you were a banger, that means you could sell oh, fucking, hell. you could sell shit to a dog, man. That's what it was. Yeah. And uh, then I met you and I'm like, this motherfucker looked like, like Mowgli from the Jungle Book. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And instantly we clicked. And then, uh, then your story is, of course, that um, we both know how TMS ended. They were such yeah. a corrupt business and Sorry. everyone was, uh, was participating in, t- in the, uh, the glitch that happened with the system and, you know, making double the commission and whatnot. Yeah. So a lot of people oh, yeah. bailed. Um, and then you, then it's comes, funny the way comes Marcus, the way I remember getting hired, <clears throat> uh, at, uh, what was singular at the time. Yeah. Uh, prior weeks prior to me going to singular well we already was, knew you because we were right across from right down the, down yeah. the hall from well, each other so. right next to each other because yeah. it was chaos remember there was a yeah. one by the but one by the 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 food court and there was a one by it was like vans and it was like that's where we were right next to <laughs> that's and, right <laughs> and then and it was funny because i remember two weeks prior uh i don't know if anybody knows him but his name was alberto espinosa right rest in peace uh, we know him as Birdo. So, yeah. yeah. So he was always like, "Hey, Dick," you know the way he used to talk. <laughs> hey, Dick, <laughs> when are they gonna come over here and look for me? He goes, "Fuck them guys," you know. Yeah. Was just so weird. Those two weeks were so awkward because yeah, uh, it started getting into the 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 deal that there was already agents that were yeah. watching us. They were sending agents, and I remember I was able to see him on the top walking around. Yeah. I actually encountered one one time. He came up to me and he goes, hey, you're that guy, huh? You're the guy that could give me a couple cell phones if I only qualify for one. And I looked at him and I was like, nah, man. Like, he thought I was stupid. I yeah. looked at him and I was like, nah, nah, nah. I don't do that. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, it's not me. I don't know who you're talking about, but I could help you get your phone. And he was all like, no, no, it was you. You're Marcus, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, Marcus is probably telling you the wrong information. So at that point, I got so scared. Yeah. That one of the guys, the other guys that I used to work with, he was like, dude, they went to my house. They're investigating me. They just want me to come in to act like everything's normal. But he spilled yeah. all the beans, you know? Once he spilled yeah. all the beans and that happened to me, I was like, I'm out of here, man. I went to, I went to Birdo and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'll go quit right now. You want me to go quit right now? <laughs> I literally walked over to my manager, whose name was uh, his name was Uzi. I never forgot his yeah, name. Uzman. Yeah, Uzi. Yeah, Uzman. Yeah. And I went up to him. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm out. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm out. I quit. And then I walked over to the kiosk, and I'm like, hey, bro, <laughs> I fucking quit right now. And he's all like, no way you did it. And I'm like, I just quit, bro. Yeah. Goes, he goes, fucking Mowgli. Come on, let's go get you. <laughs> this motherfucker literally went and just signed some paperwork. He's off. All right, Dick, start working. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm in my car. He goes, don't worry about it. Just start working. Just start yeah, working. man. I don't know what he would do, but he, he had so much pull and he created a badass team at one point that uh, when all hope was gone, he pulled out all the stops, man. And Ah man, that was that was the that was the dream team at one point. I know there was another dream team there before us, um, but when they left, that's like the dynasty went with it, and they were running on a fucking just bunch of rookies. And then he came along, 
And that's when the whole dynamic changed. And I remember now, now speaking about singular AT&T, um, the one thing I would always remember about that fucking place is uh, we had two fucking kiosks. And I don't know how we would decide if it was rock, paper, scissors or flip a coin. I remember rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> You're on the shitty side. You knew, you never wanted to be on the side of the bag. Well, I mean, I didn't I didn't mind it because Victoria's Secret was right there and Hot Topic and I would listen to good music and then, you know, of course, in and out, you know, we were dogs back then and just checking all the girls coming in and out. Um, but that was my target because I, I'm like, okay, if I could finesse these pretty girls that don't want to make any fucking eye contact, um, then the other side should be a breeze because you know as well as I do the other kiosk sold itself yeah, yeah, yeah. and people would just come, come because the food court was right there. The location was so fucking perfect, man. And I would have bored say, Oh, and can hook <laughs> you up with a family bundle, cable service, internet, and four tickets to speed. zone <laughs> <laughs> to fucking, um, uh, Pico Rivera sports arena. Uh, oh, oh, Daniel! Look, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> oh my, that's another fond memory. Is Amanda? Um, I forgot uh, the two. Uh, Janet and uh, uh, is it Rox? No, Roxy's Roxanne. mom. I forgot. Is it no? Her mom, the, the Armenian lady, right? Yes, I lady. forgot her name. Yeah, I don't remember her. Oh, name. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, Vita used to work at Daniel's. That's right too. Yeah. Um. Fuck, man. It was good times, man. And it was. Well, he, that's one thing I remember is deciding who was going to go to uh, what side. And we started giving each other nicknames. And then I remember we would drink uh, either coffee or you you like the, the rock stars, right? Yeah, I used to drink a lot, a lot of yeah. rock stars. Yeah, yeah, we all did, dude. And then we would cheer you like ah, to the big asses like that and just. <laughs> start clanking them like uh yeah we miss you too amanda but we're, we're we're reminiscing about that, those times and, time. oh another thing i never forgot is smiley oh smiley and i think he's still alive man yeah he, remember he, he was, was a bodybuilder right? in india huh? guy, right mm-hmm. uh, okay, okay, news okay. plus was the name of the fucking store and um it was the name of his worker i always used to think he was gay but he was a cool oh guy. i forgot his name oh yes yeah, sonia. sonia okay sonia at the at the daniels. no sonia at the daniels yeah but smiley's co-worker was oh what was his name damn it was daniel um, right i think so but he was yeah. cool too but oh, i don't cool. i don't think he was gay dude no he, he just like for me, for example, my, my gator is very high, dude. But no, what he was is, I think he was um, uh, a cosplayer. Like he was into, I think, Harry Potter. Oh, okay, okay. So he was always kind of in character the whole time. And uh, I don't know if Amanda remembers him, but... How about you uh, remember Vosh, the, the, the ice cream guy? Yes, he's still there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I he do know. He is still there. He, he looks the same. That guy has not aged. Him and his... Uh, his uh, his wife, dude. Oh my God, Chris, what's up, dude? Do you, do you remember Chris Castaneda? Yeah. yeah, he 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 was part of that dynasty before before us, and he got his own store, I believe, in 
I want to say Inglewood. Story. I got a story for everybody like that's gonna tune in and watch. I'm not gonna say his name. Yeah, but I know you're gonna know who it is. Yeah, I, it, it would a trip that the way he would sell cell phones that just came to my mind when I was already at, at Singular at the time. But this dude used to sell it to guys showing them porn. Like, hey man, did you know you can watch porn on your phone? And the guys will be like, nah, 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 really? Like, you can watch porn. Like, this motherfucker, <laughs> this motherfucker would start selling. <laughs> bro, I, I can't. I, oh, I seen him a couple of times doing it, and I could not fucking believe it. And he would sell two or three. I remember porn. this, yes. And I mean, I he's not on Facebook or social media, but. And I don't mean to throw him under the bus whatsoever because I've known him personally, but that was just how it worked. Uh, his yeah. name is Philly. <laughs> yeah, Philly. I wasn't going to say his name, but yeah. It's yeah. To sell him. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, nobody knows the guy, but um, yeah. Hmm. but yeah, you're absolutely right. He, um, he not, not, not only that, but he also had um, the Girls Gone Wild uh, DVDs on his phone. And look at Georgine porn. I would have been so, of course, of so course, Georgine. You want four phones? You want five, but you only qualify for two. Um, no, it, it, it's, it's trippy. We all had our different techniques. We all had our different um, rapport with our, with our customers. Uh, but one thing I remember about you is um, what was that one thing you would always tell people uh, whether they were the house or just um, uh, just common folk that would come by. Um, what was so, your line? <laughs> you know your line, dude. What was the line? It was like a I very... Know, I had a couple of them. One of them was um, like, hey, orale, señor, somos raza. Que yo dalo la raza. And then the guys uh, the, the <laughs> would be like, yeah, yeah, we're raza. Let's have to show that out. Like all Mexican and they'll look at yeah. me and be like, all right, all right, cool. What, what kind of special you got? You know, no, and then I think work. one time, I even one time I've seen you like, ¿Dónde está la esposa? <laughs> and oh, ya está. No, no, no le diga nada. Venga para acá. Venga, 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 venga. And then oh, we were basically to tell him, um, tiene los pantalones, usted o ella? Yeah, we play the fucking machismo, machismo game, yeah, dude. dude it's funny because uh, Amanda and Sonia, Vita, all the girls there, and uh, and um, Fidel, dude, manager oh. Fidel, um, they they were they would just trip out of they would just sit on these motherfuckers. Look at these guys. I'm surprised we never got like sued or in trouble. No, you know what we did get in trouble for was hawking. Uh-huh. Uh, we weren't not, supposed to do it. We weren't allowed to greet. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. I'm like, I, I'm not a mute. Like I can say hi. And I remember the um, in 2006, early 2006, the manager, a uh, really pretty girl, really short. I forgot her name. Um, but she's like, no, you guys can't do that. And your sign is backwards and your sign's got to be like this. And I'm like, just let me sell you a phone and I will pretty much take care of you, whatever you want. I'll let you, I'll pay your bill here. You don't have to go anywhere else. You have to mail it. And she looked at me. She's like, 
Okay. <laughs> and ever since then, I had a call, you know, the man I had a call, Berto. I'm like, hey, mall manager, got to take care of her. He's like, all right, dickhead, get her everything. <laughs> then go in the inventory room, get her this, get her that. I'm like, okay, cool. Fucking inventory that, room was way at the end of the, remember that? We had to take the bus, bro. It was way in the corner at the end, outside. Like, dude, that 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 place was crazy, man. It was yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah. I see. Chris says we weren't supposed to agree. I don't even know if it was written in the policy or the the employee manual. Um, but fuck. Oh yeah, look, Amanda. I would send you guys customers after they bought jewelry with me, and vice versa, First man. Right, because yeah. you know all the paisanos, dude. They're all about the gold, man. And you know at, at Daniel's, I remember at the time it was so easy to get credit that everybody was popping out with like little fucking chains. Everybody wanted to wear a, chain, <laughs> a ring, a necklace. I didn't, I didn't get that about you guys. I don't know why. You know who started it? Martillo, bro. Yeah, that, Gustavo, man. Gustavo. They, 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 they love that guy. Goodwill Silver a lot. Yeah. Hey, but man, I mean, that that, that end, for me, that ended in 2008. It was a big mess. Um, and then you got transferred out. Um, and then we didn't see it. We all went our separate ways. And then I want to, I want to working for Washington Mutual. Oh, wow. Right when they, right when they went bankrupt, dude. Crazy. Washington yeah. Mutual, they yeah. They got bought out by Chase Bank, dude. Were you and, a banker uh, no, I was just a bank. I was a bank teller and I was about to move to, um, uh, to personal banker, but check this out. Uh, I got fired from that job for a transaction that came back fraudulent, man. Oh, shit. And that's what you sign up for. Like if, even if you don't have any control over the situation and you took all the, uh, the initial steps to, to prevent it, if it comes back fraudulent, you're fucked. You're automatically terminated. And wow. it was a $1,350 withdraw- cash withdrawal uh, that some short little cute Asian girl uh, did. And I even asked her about her last name because her first name was Olive. Her last name was Jackson. And just to prevent from any kind of you know racial profile or anything like that, I'm like, oh, Jackson. I'm like, that's an interesting. Was, yeah, my husband's black. Cool. Uh, All right. Checked everything. Got the money out. And... Yeah, dude. It's like fuck. How much money yeah, was it? It was thirteen hundred dollars, thirteen fifty. So I was like, shit, dude. And uh she the lady called the branch. She goes, Hey, some money's missing from my account. What the fuck? And that was it. But I took my vacation before that <laughs> just to use up my PTO. And I came back and I'm like, hey, when I come back, I, I think that's it, huh? And he's like, fuck, he's like, I'm gonna try to fight for you while you're gone. I'll he's tell like, you. Story. More than likely, no. It has to do with fraud. Um, yeah. I ended up working for uh, Sprint for a small period of time, less than a year. And I actually, I had never gotten fired from anywhere. And that was the only job that I've ever got fired. But wow. I, I was on vacation and I got yeah. a call saying that um, they had found out that they knew that I was stealing um, phones and that I was stealing equipment, uh, like speakers and shit like that. Well, I, was stealing, I was never stealing anything. I was being smart about it because at Sprint at the time, there was so much fraudulent stuff. So what I was doing is I was actually buying uh, some of the equipment 
and then buying uh i was buying the phones back like the used phones and then yeah I for like a hundred bucks and then i was yeah. around for 300 and then i would buy speakers right i would mm-hmm. buy the at my discounted price but i was buying so much discounted shit oh yeah they were like dude like this guy's doing something weird but it was just me buying stuff at my discounted rate and then i was selling it outside on the street for more so yeah. I was making money for like a good five months and um and it was a girl that got upset that i bought off five cell phones from a guy and it was it was supposed to she was supposed to buy it and she got pissed off and threw me oh the- man that's that's so <laughs> fucked up uh, that, that's the whole what what location was this this was the location uh in universal uh universe uh, studio city Studio oh, city. okay because i worked for sprint um for almost uh well for the first i worked for a dealer this is post um post chase bank right uh, and because i knew you were with at&t for like another five years after that yeah i think total um, at&t your last year was what 2012 yeah like eight years well, almost nine almost yeah nine. so with, with one year off right yeah with one year off yeah yeah so i wound up going to i sold karaoke machines for almost a year and a half believe what? it or not yeah and the great job but dude that that ended in disaster because that place was just a political mess dude and then um i ended up uh quitting and then getting fired which is the rarest thing ever but i i'm, I'm glad that's that's over with because that was a mess then i get then i get a job at the west covino mall at a sprint kiosk so i'm like okay i'll give it another shot it's been i, f- I felt like fucking michael jordan uh joining the fucking wa- the washington wizards bro you were just trying you were giving it your last uh your last uh, push, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's see if I could win a Super Bowl or even make the playoffs. Let's see what happens. But no, by then, 2011 was just a whole different game, dude. A lot of things changed. Uh, there was a lot. There was a lot of rules. Uh, our competitor was right across from us, Best Buy Mobile. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but the the um the 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 good part. Oh my God, Bodhi said <laughs> one last transa. <laughs> <laughs> and then um you know the, it was uh then that's when i met uh my manager at the time which was uh carlos uh and to this day man i still talk to this guy and you know the homie preston uh andre i met a whole group of people that taught me a different aspect of the art of closing not just sales dude but closing and i saw techniques dude that i've never seen before man from the simple the greet to you know building the rapport like as quickly like within 30 seconds and then closing and swiping the credit card and then activating the phones i'm just like holy shit like and what's that did they ever teach you the t like yeah. right, right right when you get them yeah hey you know what the pros and the cons like come what are you getting yeah. here look what you're getting here and then you're like you're gonna get this more here this what else what do you have to think about you know what's interesting marcus is i fucking learned that you don't write anything in black ink yeah because color marketing states apparently uh, this is alleged i don't know if it's factual but color marketing states that 
black is a very intimidating color. Uh, blue is the more warming color and red creates um, kind of hormonal, makes you angry. And then yellow makes you anxious. That's why a lot of fast food restaurants, Marcus, are red and yellow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? Think about yeah, old, old techniques. Carl's yeah, yeah. Carl's Jr., McDonald's, Burger King, um, In-N-Out, wow. uh, Raising Canes, uh, Chick-fil-A is red. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's hormonal. Um, but, you know, that was, it was good, dude. And then this uh, December 2011, dude, during the holidays, that was the worst performance of my life, dude. Actually, no, I take that back. It wasn't. It was my second worst performance. I flopped. I could, I could not sell shit, dude, for some reason. Or was it because you were not into it anymore? I don't. I, I think my, I have one foot out, dude. That's what it was. And I'm like, I don't know if I, I, I'm like, dude, I'm in a fucking mall again. And this is, I'm like, is this real life? So they transferred me to a different store, um, slower. And I'm like, God, dude, here we go again. So, and then I went back and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go work for Sprint corporate in Westwood, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Right down the street from UCLA. And oh my God, Marcus, let me, this is one thing I don't think I've ever told you that Westwood store is right off of Westwood Boulevard. Uh, in uh, Ohio, right down the street from Wilshire, where the Westwood Village is, right? Yeah. And it was a considered what is called an A store. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, we offered repair and uh, and all that shit. Guess who my customers there were, man? The people from AT and T. No, you're gonna trip out on this. One of my customers, I still have her number to this day, but I don't know why I would call her for any fucking reason. Is Vida Guerra. Ah, okay. The model, but model, yeah. Okay. That was one. Uh, Josh Brolin, actor. Oh wow. Okay. Um, what's that other guy's uh, name? Cat uh, Williams. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, Dave Chappelle. And these were your customers, like they would come in and buy. Yeah, they would just, they would actually park in metered parking, and then come in. And I was like, oh my God, look at Martillo. Good time. Hey, Martillo. Fuck, man. Finally tuned in, bro. Finally oh, tuned in. I know. And, and dude, that place is long gone. Memories are only on our head, dude, from here on out, man. I, I, I miss everyone there. Um, yeah. But no, but back to the Westwood store, dude. And then every fucking week, bro. Oh my God. Look at Josh. You had me a Vida, bro. <laughs> but wait till, wait, Josh, wait till you hear this one. So, um, Every at least once or twice a week, Marcus. Before we would close at eight, yeah. we wouldn't close at nine. Um, at seven fifty-five, at least once a fucking week, I'd be closing the door and I look up. I'm like, oh god damn, why? Guess who would always come in late? Yes, be that guy. I wish no. <laughs> Shug night no really yeah man and it was one of those like i mean i'm not i'm not very intimidated by a whole lot of people unless they're a professional athlete like a football player ufc fighter or a guy like that guy because that i'm like looked at him I'm like god damn but i would always uh address him as mr knight yeah I never never call him suge 
because I knew how he would, I would see how he would treat some of the people on our staff when they called him Shug. I would always call him Mr. Knight and his whole demeanor would change, Marcus. And, yeah. um, hmm. and, uh, fuck man, the, the reason he would come in is because it was, he told me a lot of stories. He told me a lot of stories about Tupac. Um, I never asked him the question cause I didn't yeah. want to. Uh, I, even though everyone's like, dude, you, you talk to him real well. Can you ask, ask him who killed Tupac? And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking ask him that, dude, because Tupac's dead. You're not going to let the homie fucking rest in peace, dude. And exactly. um, and he would come in with his daughter and they would just, they smelled of the dankest weed ever, dude. It was I'm like, sorry. fuck, man. I'm, sorry. I'm getting distracted here. Um, they wrote, uh, Chris said, BJ, how no, it was Applebee's. Oh, okay. Uh, so but, let, let's, but, let's. It was, we used to go to, uh, what's that Asian place a lot? Oh, uh, Ikari, Sushi. Sushi, yeah, that was yeah. a spot. When yeah. I, I wouldn't go to BJ's a lot with Berto or Applebee's. It was always, uh, let's go to, um, oh, what was the name of that spot? What's the name of the, um, oh, I can't believe I'm. Benihana. 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 Hey, let's go to Benihana. 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 Hey, let's go to Benihana's. I'll put it on the P card. Yeah. <laughs> put it on the peak card. Yeah, and yeah. what's what's funny is that um I remember one time Berto uh still I fucking rest in peace Berto man. He had a um a contest remember to see who would sell more and he would take us to the movies right there at AMC. Yeah. And then Chris funny. said it was before you guys. Actually Chris no, I was part of your crew until I was there too. <laughs> yeah, until Pedro Infante transferred me out because apparently um th this is before you too Marcus. Uh there was one guy on that legacy team that I did not like at all, man. Oh man. I'm like gonna... I'm like dude, I'm gonna fuck this dude up what because I, he, his name was Joel uh, uh Jaramillo or something oh, like that. Okay, I, was... I didn't like the way he carried himself. I didn't like his demeanor. I didn't like his tone and delivery. He called me a, a punk ass pimple face kid one time. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm just waiting. And then I try to avoid him. And then one time I left early uh, because I had told him um, that I will be back uh, because I was going to go uh, get some food. And I got in trouble for not clocking out for lunch because back then you would just fill it on the Excel sheet. And that food threw, threw me under the bus and they transferred, they transferred me to the AT&T singular store, um, Beverly and Montebello. And that's when I met Mr. Ramon Corral, who's still with the company. That's great. You know, who's still with the company too. I know Gomez. No, I nicknamed him the Grinch Sergio. Oh man. He, that's another guy I've been wanting to have on the podcast. Cause I still talk to him. He's going on 15 fucking years, dude. Right, that's crazy. And he still he is the last of the Mohicans. Still fucking smokes like a chimney. Starbucks. Still alive. Smoke dick. Papa Pimple Playboy. <laughs> and I, I told him, I'm like, hey, you gotta come on. We have because him and I started uh at the same uh Pico Rivera Gigante kiosk because it was only me and him, dude. We would work literally seven days a week. Wow. And then my homie Jose came in and he, he got hired there too. And, uh, Chris knows who Jose is because Jose was just, oh man, when he, Jose went to Chris's store, he was just a nightmare. He could not get up and fucking show up on time. I think he was also checked out too, but, um, anyway, good times, man. But, you know, back to Westwood. Um, so Suge Knight, 
um, would fucking, you're going to laugh, dude. He got a Blackberry, right? Remember the Blackberry curves when they were in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, he used to call me young man. Yeah. He says, young man, young man. I'm like, what's up, Mr. Knight? How, how can I help you? I need you. I need you to help me set up my gangster mail. And I'm like, your your gangster mail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like, show me. Yeah, yeah. This thing right here, gangster mail. And I'm like, oh, your Gmail. He's like, yeah, Gmail, man. You know what I'm saying? He's like, gangster mail. And I'm just in my head going, wow. And he couldn't read or write, man. No way. Yeah. I mean, he had some literacy. Mm-hmm. but not fully man not to the fullest extent and i mean i didn't want to judge the guy because fuck me oh my god look who popped in oh, wow. fucking miklo did you did you know about spices did you know about spices edgar uh spices right there in west covina right no, it was, uh, well, the reason he mentioned it when I was still at the kiosk, this is, this was, I, I didn't hang I out see. with him that much. Yeah. Oh my was, God, look at Chris, look what Chris said. Yo, Ed, so true story. I was supposed to go to the Gigante kiosk and you could, and I convinced Pedro to send you. <laughs> what a dick. So send the rookie, dude. Fuck. Funny, but. It was something w- around the lines where spicy me and me and uh, me and fucking uh, Mario we started yeah. going to the strip club like every fucking mm. yes I remember now yeah so yeah Mario, it was, Mario um, was the first guy to take me to my first strip club ever oh wow okay so he was like hey have you ever been to a strip club I was like acting like I did I'm like okay yeah let's go so. I'll fucking tell the story. This shit was crazy. So I'm Spices there. and Whittier, right? It was Whittier, yeah. Yeah, right across from the 7-Eleven. Mario saved my fucking life at 18 years old, bro. We Shut the, the fuck the, up. I swear to God, we go inside the fucking strip club and he thinks I've been to a strip club, which I... Oh, no. Right? So I... Not even fucking five minutes, bro. I sit down and a girl comes up to me and I'm like, all right, cool. She takes me. And Mario's all like, you're going already? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, she just pulled me. So I go to the back and I sit down. The girl starts doing her thing. And I'm just sitting there enjoying it. A song goes by. Two songs go by. <laughs> three songs go by. Four songs. Five songs. Six songs. And like at the eighth oh, night no. song. You remember how expensive they were back then, That's at least a thousand dollars, man. Like $35 a song or something like that. Yeah. And uh, eight or nine songs go by, a little bit more. And she goes, hey, uh, when do you want me to stop? And I look at her and I'm like, I don't know. When are you going to stop? You know? (laughs) She fucking looks at me and she's all like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, oh, you, shit, man. Like, you pulled me back here. I, I don't know. Like, and at this time, Mario's in the front, just fucking chilling there, like by himself. Yeah. So um, the girl starts crying. Oh, you're fire. another fucking asshole. Da, da, da. And I'm like, shocked, bro. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm like, why? Oh, no. So the guard comes back and he goes, come here. 
come here, son, come here. And I go, what happened? And he goes, you owe this girl, I think he said like 600 bucks. And I'm oh, like, shit. What? And I'm like, I didn't do nothing to her. <laughs> I'm like, I literally sat down the whole time. And Mario goes, what the fuck? Did you, did you fuck her? What did you do to her? <laughs> I'm like, nah, bro, I didn't do anything. Like, I just sat there, you know? <laughs> so Mario's like, what are we going to do? Because the guards came in and they looked like they wanted to beat us up, bro. Oh, and shit. I, I'm no. Like, I'm like a scared little kid, bro. Like, what? Like, <laughs> go to your bank account and then i'm like fuck well my check hadn't kicked in yet for the next yeah. day it was like a thursday night and i'm like damn i only have like 350 bucks or something like that he goes bring it all out that's what shot me the rest of the money oh my god dude he gave me like a 280 300 bucks bro so he gave me the money and I fucking got it. And they didn't, they weren't letting us go, bro. They were like standing there, like making sure the girl got paid. The girl's fucking crying her eyes out and shit. Oh my God. Yeah. So Mario, I was like, go give it to her. I don't want to fucking see this girl. He fucking goes, gives it to her. And then they're like, we don't want to see you guys back. And I'm like, what? yeah, but Mario saved my life that day. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> fucking Mario, dude. My first time at a fucking strip. Holy shit. And I remember I had a customer from Spicy's. Um, her name was Vanessa, I think. Yeah. Uh, she would always go to Hollister. And uh now it makes sense why she would always mad dog you when she would come. Why? <laughs> Bro, I don't even know what girl it was, man. It was, she's really pretty. She, I'm like, she was actually too pretty to be a stripper. I was like, what the fuck? And uh, look at Mario. The moral of the story is we had to find another strip club. <laughs> no, it, that, and chick, it, that chicken thought she had paid rent with you. <laughs> fuck, man. Fuck, yeah, that's dude. That's was, fucking that's crazy. That's what I get for trying to act hard with Mario. I was trying to be all cool. Yeah, I've been to a strip club. Like, I'm 18. Mario years Captain Save a Home. You know what's funny is um, we had gone to, um, when was this? This was around, yeah, again, two, 2006 was a crazy fucking year for, for that whole crew. Yeah. And um I remember it was around August, late August, early September, right before I think Labor Day. Nicolas. Uh, Nicolas. If you've been there, you're immune to coronavirus. Well for some people. <laughs> but uh I think it was um Imperial Showgirls and Pico Rivera off of Passons. And uh we went there with uh they protested like yes do you remember that yeah standing outside like they wanted it closed yeah they were they were basically like you know calling us heathens and sinners and whatever i'm like look man yeah i'm not here to for any of that so we went in there and back then they just had like party chairs bro yeah the regular, like regular, yeah, before they got the whole place outfitted, and that was fun, dude. And you know, the lap dances back then were only like ten dollars. So, um, 
and it's like fuck dude it's it's crazy what is it yeah on washington no it wasn't washington it was uh Slauson and Passons. Yeah, right after the train tracks. Yeah, you remember and really well, bro. <laughs> I've, I'm cursed with a really good memory, dude. You're you're, never, you're not going to believe it. And Chris said it's a Culichi Kulich, town now. Yes, it is actually. Um, but I remember that. And then I remember back in the day. <laughs> fuck, dude. I remember um, one, I'm not going to say her name. Hmm. One of our old uh, colleagues at AT and T Singular was working there and had no idea we would go. We were going there. I know who it is. Yes, and I'm like, that used to work at Verizon on the top. Yes, yes, and I I saw her, and I'm like, "What are you doing here?" She goes, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "I'm like, fuck." I'm like, "You want some money?" <laughs> she's like no not from you and i'm like well go go hustle don't worry about us she yeah. goes i don't want you guys to see me naked i'm like bitch please come on i go just do your goddamn thing and you know we'll we'll fucking we'll talk about it later <laughs> no but she was really good at it because she was also in sales and and yeah. she was trying to buy a bmw or some shit like that and that was easy money for her mm-hmm. and um you know, I wasn't mad, dude. What the fuck? Like, you know, now, now I make sense how a lot of these girls that we knew were either go-go dancing, uh, they were stripping or they were doing private parties on top of, it was like their Uber and Lyft, man. That's basically what they were doing. And, um, I, I never hated the game, dude. I never hated the player. I'm just like, Hey man, whatever, whatever means to survive, which, which brings me to something I discovered about you that I did not even fucking know you did until like that I was <sighs> you found out yeah, that you were a fucking <laughs> <laughs> that you owned a culichi town <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were a fucking DJ bro yeah. how did that happen how did that even start <sighs> man I'm I, I never even it. knew I was already when I was working at at and I was already like, well, when I just got hired at Singular, I was hot. Like at that time I was DJing everywhere. I was one of the only DJs like in, in, in LA, you could probably count them. most probably like what you were, you were spinning. I remember you told me, remember that all ages club off of Norwalk. Yeah, it was called, Oh my God. That's so funny. It was uh, called Strawberry Sundays. Strawberry called- Sundays. And then there was another one. You can literally uh, see it right off the exit. It was Strawberry Sunday. Um, there was a few of them. There were, I didn't play at all of them. The one that I but you invited me to one of those. I think you were spinning at that one, and I got so trash, bro. The but I, I it was it was an eighteen and over club. The one I was inviting everybody. Uh, it was called Baja Sundays, but that was twenty one and over. Yeah, and I over. remember Baja Sundays. I don't remember much, but yeah. Yes, after ninety one. After uh, ninety one, what was it fucking called? It was. Uh, Jeez, dude, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda was a good supporter. <laughs> oh, those are fucking okay. So you started gigging early, like right away. I mean, first and foremost, you, you started DJing already in your teenage years or what? Uh, I actually started DJing when I was in seventh grade, which you're how old in seventh grade? Uh, uh the boogie. Yeah. There you go. That's what it was called. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, so I started DJing young. I was I was in seventh grade, but I didn't start gigging 
till the end of my eighth grade year, going on to my freshman year in high school. So you started with vinyl. Yes, I started with vinyl, and then oh, shit. So I started playing at a lot of like house parties, and then that led to like the eighteen and over clubs when I wasn't even yeah. yet. And yeah. then in the twenty one and over clubs, I even used to play a lot of the Biza. You remember in Uptown Winter? Fuck yeah, Biza. Uh, what was it? Crazy Horse. Uh, yeah. Margarita Jones. Yeah. Uh, Baja Sundays. I was playing a lot there. It was a lot of disco and freestyle music that I was playing there. And uh, so when I turned 18, yeah. uh, I was really hot. Like I, I knew a lot of people, a lot of club promoters. So I started playing a lot in Hollywood at that age. So I was oh. doing a lot of the Hollywood clubs, uh, Basque, uh, Mansion. Uh, it was La Mirage. That was the place. Mirage yes. was over. Yeah, I played yes. there a lot. Yeah. That place was grimy, bro. Uh, well, where where in Hollywood were you playing, dude? So I was playing at Basque. I was playing at Cinespace. Oh no I shit. Mansion. I was, dude. This is when I was eighteen. Cinespace was so dope, dude. Yeah, then I ended up getting a residency. I got a residency at Florentine Gardens and yeah. at Arena, which was eighteen and over. Oh, the good old uh, Arena, man. Yeah, at Arena, but it, at Arena. It was on a Friday night and it was yeah. uh, hip hop. It was hip hop. So yeah. I remember playing with a lot of like the big DJs that are out now, like uh, DJ Inferno from Power of City. Oh, wow. Scythe. Uh, big Scythe. Well, yeah. those guys, I actually met them at another club in downtown LA when I was 18 called The Grand. And oh, the my Grand, God. The Grand, dude. The Grand was one of the hottest clubs in LA for I years. I remember. Yeah. Years. Yeah, so I had met those guys there. So that's how my whole DJing career started. Yeah. And I had joined a group called Cali Kings when I, I was remember this, yeah. And this is the Cali Kings were part of the Baker Boys. Yes. And, uh, that's where yeah. I had the opportunity to DJ for a lot of big artists. Like I got to DJ for um Mac Ten, I got to DJ for Glasses Malone. Uh, your boy, oh, the wow. car, the guy that has that old song. It's a Dodger song. The one goes, we run LA. Da, 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 da. You remember that song? It goes, oh, um, one for the money. One for the, and it, it's an, a, they played at the Dodger stadium. Um, it's, it's called, uh, Gary, uh, New, Gary Newman. Is it Gary? Randy, New, Randy Newman. I said, Gary Newman, Randy Newman. Yeah. And it's, it's a song in is, New York city like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. I got to play for a lot of these these artists. Um, and that's kind of like the whole club scene. And that's where I was really wow, like. dude, no shit. And this is what, at 20? I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. God damn, dude. So yeah. when you turn 21, you you already established a fucking yeah. uh, rapport with these people. So what? Yeah. where did you, did you continue I, these residencies or did you well, start playing other clubs? Well, to be quite honest with you, once I found out I was going to have a kid, yeah. I was like, man, I want to go to school for radio broadcasting. Yeah. 